December 23rd, the Wednesday, okay? And so we want to encourage everybody to take some family time, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And other than that, we're going to go right on the way the calendar falls. We won't be missing any services other than that. So praise God. Turn in your Bible tonight to the book of Acts, chapter 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you been praying for the nation? Glory to God. A lot of activity in the spirit realm, I believe. Glory to God. Let's just pray right now. Father, we come on behalf of the nation. We know that there is a war in the heavenlies over control. Who will have controlled the next four years of our executive branch? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this situation before you. And we look to you as our great deliverer. Father, we thank you that you will be a God of justice and of truth. That, Father God, I read this week that you will vindicate and deliver the righteous and the just from the one who would oppress. And Lord, we just continue to be in faith that God, that you could turn things around. Glory to God, that God, that the executive branch could be, we believe, governed still with people who would advocate for life instead of death. Father God, that would continue to strive for policies that would remove the stain of abortion from our land. Father God, we just petition heaven right now. Deliver us from unreasonable and wicked men. For not all have faith. Lord, if there was fraud, you know it if there was. You you know it all together. You know what the legal vote count was in every state. And you know what the American people really chose. I'm not taking sides in that. I'm just saying you know, Father. And Lord, I just so thank you for lifting up a standard against the devil. Satan, we bind you right now in the name of Jesus. And we command you to cease and desist in all your maneuvers. We say the blood of Jesus Christ is against you. You take your hands off the political system in our nation. You take your hand off the economic system in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You take your hand off our media in Jesus' name. In fact, the social, the moral, the cultural arenas of the land, we bind you. We command you to take your hands off these arenas. And now we loose the mighty power of God. And we assign as is our biblical right. As sons and daughters of God, we assign the hand of the Lord to be upon the enemy. In Jesus' name, to bring judgment. God, I pray that you would expose Wicked and evil schemes. God, every pit the devil dug for the righteous, I thank you, you caused the enemy to fall in his own pit. Father God, I, I thank you that every trap that the enemy laid to ensnare the righteous, Father God, you will cause the enemy to become ensnared in his own trap. Lord, we just stand in faith. We stand in faith. Believing, God, that you are sovereign in the affairs of men. You raise up kingdoms and you tear them down. We just so thank you, Father God, for an outpouring of your spirit to be brought about into our nation, Father. We thank you for revival. We thank you for increasing revival. We thank you for awakening your church all across the land. That, God, that you'll awaken the church unto righteousness. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, rend the heavens, Father, and come down. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, take hold together with us. 
Londo ho solo boshte. Lo ho solo boshte kele de yasso poholo moshta. Lene he sididiado bohoshta kanana mango robosta kababaye. Ninkasta gada bashto korobosta bababakuropo toto toshte bebebe kurapa tongo rebebebe shtaya. Mango, yes, 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 yes. We lift up the Supreme Court to you right now. Satan, you can't have the Supreme Court. And we bind your attempt to influence and to control the hearts and the minds and the attitudes and the thoughts and the decisions of those nine men and women in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you would have a dominant influence upon their hearts and minds. That God, that you would, you would give them the strength you would give them the courage to do what the law demands, to do what the Constitution demands in this situation, in the name of Jesus. Specifically, Father, we, we would ask for favor with God and men with this lawsuit that the state of Texas, that our state has now joined along with 16 others. Glory to God, that right and truth will prevail. Satan, we say you have no part. You have no lot in this matter. We bind every demonic power. We command you to stand back off of this. And Lord, we thank you for the angels to have their way and to have their part. That God, that you would visit. God, we ask you to visit the justices. We ask you to visit and speak, whisper in the ear of Chief Justice Roberts and all of the other justices to do what is legal and just and constitutional and right. That's all we're praying for, Father. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for peace in our nation. Satan's attempt to, to cause an insurrection will fail. We speak the peace of God to the people. Glory to God. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Ah, mastura babato roboshta katai. Mangoshti kiti atapashta katana masolo boshta kada. Mango de gediado ye dingandonga baso. Let God, the will of God, be done in the two Senate runoff races in Georgia. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that men and women, the men and the women of your choosing in that state, the ones that you've chosen, the, one that you, the ones that you would prefer, glory to God, that they would be strengthened for their task, that the enemy cannot corrupt or steal what is right and what is good, what is proper. Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you for these things. We call on you for help. Lord, we need help. We need you. Only you could do it. Get glory for your name. Get glory for your name by showing yourself strong. All the world is watching. Step out on the stage, Father. Bring judgment to the wicked and vindicate the righteous. And let the plan of God prevail. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to stay steadfast. Amen. Glory to God. Well, here in Acts chapter 13, last week I had it on my heart to uh, minister to us along the lines of ministering to the Lord. And I have that on my heart again uh, to talk to us about tonight. And uh, so praise God. Let's read this text again. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1 and 2 at least. And it says, Now there, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, such as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, or Paul. Now notice this, as they ministered to the Lord. So we see here you can minister to the Lord, can't you? You could do it individually, and you could do it corporately. 
as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, I love this, the Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And so I just want to remind us again, this is just marvelous, amen, that as they did X, it provoked God to do Y. There was a cause and an effect. Right? And, and I love this because what they did, ministering to the Lord, created an atmosphere for the Spirit of God to manifest Himself. Amen? You would see, we can't force God to manifest any of His gifts. Can't force God to say anything He doesn't want to say. Amen? But we can provide the environment and the atmosphere, if you will, that will provoke God or be conducive, let's say it that way, uh, an atmosphere that God is pleased with that would cause Him to manifest Himself. Amen. Now, in this instance, He chose to speak. And He gave direction, He gave instruction, but really you have a, a, word, of, uh, a word of wisdom talking about you know, moving them off into something a new, a new thing, into their future. And uh, so praise God, but he could have as easily broken out on that group of believers in healing, right? Or gave them a fresh anointing, filled them afresh with the Holy Ghost. Any number of things that he could have done. Amen. And and so there there is part of what, uh, oh, praise God. Part of our flow as Christians is we've, we've got to not just be on the taking side from God all the time. But to, to realize that there is a giving side, yes, even to God, that you could give something to God that would minister to Him. That would bless Him. That would please Him. And I, I want to be pleasing to God. Amen. I, I want God when He sees me coming. I, don't, I want Him to wink and be glad and to, and to smile and to be excited. And not to have this, oh, you know, I know, he, he just, getting, what does he want now? Amen? Amen. And so if you study this and look it up in a bunch of different translations, you'll find that most other translations, instead of saying ministered to the Lord, it says as they worshiped God or while they were worshiping the Lord. So when did God move? When did God uh, manifest himself? Now, he's, he could move in any Anytime he wants, right? But we're taking notice of this, this context and, and this, this happening. It's as they worshiped the Lord. While they were worshiping God, the Holy Ghost said, Now if there's anything we need more of in our lives today, it is hearing from God. You need to hear from God, my brother, my sister. Amen. You know, as a pastor, you know, shepherding a congregation through these days, I need to hear from God. I have to hear from God. Amen. These pastors back here, they need to hear from God. Reverend Common, but we all, we all need to hear from God. Amen. We need to hear from God. And we need to have more of His manifest presence. That's another thing. If there's anything we need more of, it's His manifested presence in our lives. Amen. And so as they just took time, they weren't petitioning God. They weren't asking God for anything. They weren't trying to get God to change any situation. Now, all of those kinds of prayers are are needful. God wants you to ask. He told us to ask that our joy might be full. And He wants us to pray and to intercede uh, and get a hold of God so that He can change like we were just doing to change the course of a situation you know paul said in philippians 119 to the philippians he said i know this shall turn through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of jesus christ now the situation he was referring to was him being locked up in prison he said i know this shall turn not because i'm praying but through your prayer see we can we can affect the outcome and change some things for one another, for the good, if we'll 
you know, as, as we're sensitive to God, if, if God were to quicken me, and, and, and Brother Tony keeps coming up in my heart, he just keeps coming to my mind, amen, there's a reason for that. And we, we, we shouldn't need to be too nosy, well, what's that all about? Well, maybe God needs somebody to pray, but God doesn't like telling off on people or sharing people's business. Amen. But if I, let's just say that was the case, and and I just took off praying in other tongues, yielding to the Spirit, bringing a supply of the Spirit to Brother Tony's situation. Well, no doubt he's praying about that. But I could add something in the Spirit that could help turn the situation for him. You know, we could, we could potentially save each other's lives. Amen. We could save each other's lives by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So all of these different types of prayer are very vital and necessary. We need to have them all in our tool belt. But let's not neglect this one. Where we're doing nothing, our, our goal, our aim is nothing but to minister to the Lord, to worship God. Amen? Go with me over to John chapter 4. Let's read a scripture I'm sure you know. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, see, there's a corporate application. They were, Paul was not by himself. Barnabas was not by himself. They were together. So, see, we can corporately minister to the Lord. And we should. Amen? But you know, you can do the same thing individually. And you should. Amen. This, is, this should be part of the flow of your life. And so, of course, I'm referring to this interaction that Jesus had with the woman at the well. And uh, in the midst of conversing with her, uh, beginning in verse number 21, Jesus answering a question that she had about what was the proper place to worship. John 4, 21, Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you will neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what, for we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father, notice this, in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. And that's the phrase I really wanted you to see. But look at verse 24 also. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. You see, in the New Testament, we're, we don't worship God after the flesh. You know, just last night I, I, I listened to... I, was, yeah, I just do this. I'm scrolling around, whatever, and I'm listening to somebody. I'm going to see what they got, Okay. And so they were in the announcement portion of their service, and they were saying, uh, well, we're, we're beginning worship dance class for your kids, and we want you to come in. We're going to you know, teach them how to worship God in the dance. And then she made this statement. She said, um, uh, many of your kids are already in worldly dance class, and we want you to know that you can bring your worldly gift into the church. That's what she said. Well, see, no, we don't worship God after the flesh. We worship God, no, how, who is He? He's seeking people who will worship Him, but not any old way they want to, any old goofy way they want to. No, God wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So true worship has got to be done in the spirit. Amen. Now, what does He mean in truth? Part of the way uh, the Greek word renders the word truth is not just something factual or truthful. The word truth often means sincere, honest, real. And this is the context I believe this word truth is being used in. God is seeking people who will minister to Him and worship Him in spirit and in genuineness in sincerity, in honesty, in transparency. You see, don't, don't feel like, well, I can't worship God because I, 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 I'm very imperfect and carnal. i got a lot of issues going on. No, you're, 
you're, you're qualified to worship. You just need to be honest with God. Don't put on pretenses. Don't put on spiritual airs. Don't change your voice. Don't put on a preacher voice. I don't know why people do that. They put on a preacher voice. No, God wants you to be, He just wants you to come before Him. He knows all about you anyway. Right? And like we talked about Sunday, it's our faith in Jesus Christ, period, that justifies us in the eyes of God. Not our works, and we're not, not justified because of our lack of works. But God, you know, what, he, what would just please Him is for us to just take a few minutes and say, Oh, Father, you know, I just, I got to get my eyes off myself. I got all these problems. But you know what, God, I know you're the answer. And I just want to come and just love on you a while and bask in your presence. And you're not trying to hide anything. You're not trying to hide your struggles. You're not trying to hide your faults. But you just come before him in honesty. You come before him in sincerity. And with your heart engaged, see, your spirit is your heart. Your heart engaged with the aid and the help of the Holy Ghost. And then you just begin to minister to the Lord. Minister to the Lord is as simple as saying, Father, I love you. It's as simple as saying, Father, I just want to let you know I'm thankful. I'm thankful for who you are in my life. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad I have a father. I'm so glad that I'll never be another moment. You could lock me away in a dungeon and put me in self-isolation till I die. I will never be alone. You will never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You're always there for me. Amen. But see, then we need to tap into the help of the Spirit. Amen. And just begin to, oh, Father, the Holy Spirit will help you worship God. Right? Where you're just worshiping Him in spirit. God is seeking. Now listen, there must be a reason why He's seeking this, and it's not for His own ego stroke. Amen. Everything we're instructed to do helps us. Everything. There's not a, an ounce, not a single cell of selfishness or self-motivation or ego in our Father. And if He is seeking people who will worship Him in spirit and in reality and in sincerity, there's a, there's a benefit for you, sweetie, in doing that. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look over here in Ephesians. Praise God. And so, with the time I have, I just want to read a couple of scriptures God seemed to just really impress that I read. Uh, but I want to also just begin to maybe help you with some, just a few items tonight about how to cultivate uh, and practice the presence of God in your life. Amen. I was going back through the last couple of days, Pastor Nancy's book, His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place. And it's such a good book. We have it in the bookstore I think, unless we've sold out, but uh, such a powerful book. And uh, one of the statements she made, she said, God is not looking for people to have a time, a devotional time. He's looking for people who will live a devoted life. See, a lot of people, they, they've gotten into the habit of, I have a devotion time. I have a time with God. I have 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or an hour, and I'm, that's my devotional time. And then you leave that time, and it's just all you the rest of the day, baby. And God's left out of it. No, we need to have alone, still times with God. We need to have that habit and that discipline. But God would be much more pleased with a whole devoted life, not a devotional time. What's that mean? Well, that means that you're going to be available to God. God is not just with you for 15 minutes while you have coffee in the morning before you go to work, and then you've left Him at the table, and you'll see Him again the next day. No, He lives on the inside of you. He is with you. Bring Him in on everything. Live a life that's completely devoted to God. Bring Him in on everything big and small. Let Him be in on your every hour, on your every half hour, on your every minute. Amen. Praise God. I believe this is part of what it means to minister to God. So in Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 15. 
It says, see then that you walk or live uh, circumspectly. Now, we don't talk like that anymore. He means live your life accurately. Live your life purposefully. Live your life carefully, precisely. So the opposite of that would be, right, to not have purpose, to get up and just you live your life every day by the seat of your pants, you know, just off the cuff. No. No, no, no. We have a plan. We have a purpose. We've thought things through. Not as fools, but as wise. Notice this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, I wonder what it is. Well, he's about to tell us. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be being, that's what the Greek word originally says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Not be being filled for 15 minutes in a devotional time, but be being all the time. Filled with the Spirit. See, this is the emphasis of the New Testament, and this is what the evil day we found ourselves in demands. Fullness of Spirit. Living full. Living full of God's Word. Living full of the Holy Ghost. Well, how do you get full of the Holy Ghost? Where there has to be the initial receiving of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But once you have that initial, you've got to stay in the flow. Amen. And under your breath, right? Or even just within yourself, if people are around. Right? And if I can't, if I'm, you know, got people around me and I can't, it wouldn't be appropriate to articulate that out loud. I can just be, sent, I can just be conscious of that inward flow on the inside of me all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when people are fussing and people are griping or people are being uncouth or whatever, there can still be this, this deep calling out to deep. That I'm fellowshipping with my Father. I'm loving on my Father. I'm in tune with my Father. I'm acknowledging my Father. I'm listening for what He would say to me about what this other person's saying. And one of the things that Dr. Jacobs, just listening after him and messages that's helped me in my pastoring, is that he said, when I have people coming in the office, I'm not just listening to what they tell me. I'm listening in here to what the Holy Ghost would tell me about what they're telling me. <laughs> he said, for one thing, nobody comes in and tells me the whole story. But the Holy Ghost knows the whole story. Amen. Or while there's the sincere, you know, questions being made or situations being presented, he's looking and listening to the Holy Ghost. What's their answer? Father, what's their answer? Amen. Praise God. But you could be in a business meeting, right? And the company be going through something, and that company needs an answer. Stop. You don't have to allow, just, just get it from here. But check down in here. God will give you the answer. When you get the God-given answer, the Holy Ghost will let you take credit for it and receive the promotion that comes. Amen. So notice he says, Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. How are you doing in that area? Rhetorical question. Judge yourself. Amen. How do we do it? Notice the first word of the next verse is speaking to yourselves. Speaking in yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, and make, notice this, making melody in your heart. Huh? Look, to the Lord. To the Lord. If it's to the Lord, this is a way to minister to Him. Singing a song, singing a spirit-inspired psalm or a, or a song you learned at church or whatever. Reach out towards God. My God is awesome. And I mean, paint the wall. My God is... And before long, you're like, whoa, i got to put that down a minute. Woo! Praise God. See, here's what's going to happen. You're not only ministering the Lord, but what's going to happen is if you'll begin to cultivate this kind of lifestyle and kind of flow, you will, God will become, if He's not already, real to you. So many people say, well, I believe in God, but He isn't real to me. You have to cultivate the kind of spirituality and the kind of life that makes yourself sensitive. to He's with you. He's present everywhere. God is present everywhere. But He's also living on the inside of you. But if He doesn't seem real to you, 
It's because of, it could be many things. And we have to cultivate, practice the presence of God in our life. And the more you do, the more real. It'd be like you say something, he says something right back. And you have this ongoing conversation and this living fellowship with God. And he is helping you in all matters of life, big and small. He may, even if it's just of an impression, you were going to go down this aisle, but he's got a better parking space for you over here if you'll just... Okay, I don't know why I feel impressed. I'm going to go over here. Oh, thank you, Father. That's a better parking space. Now, see, this is... I try, I'm not perfect at this, but I try to live like this. Amen. Conscious of God all the time. Amen. So I just wanted to give you some thoughts and some keys that I've learned from the Word. Uh, that will help you cultivate and practice the presence of God in daily life. Is that okay? We've got a few minutes left. <clears throat> Number one is live aware of Him. See, if you just get in this habit, I've had my little devotional time. Some people don't even have that. They just come to church every now and then. That's about it. Maybe they listen to AFR or, you know, whatever, but that's not fellowship with God, right? And uh, so, you know... Be, make yourself be aware of Him. You know what I mean by that? Be conscious and thoughtful. He is with me. He is in me now. Right? I mean, I'm so grateful He's in me while I preach. I need His help. Amen. I need, and He helps. And when I have to make decisions... See, He's in me. And He's, he's, he's leading me as to, for me. What, what should I reach for? What should I get out and believe God for? Amen. And it's why things succeed. Instead of people just trying to do things, quote unquote, by faith, but they're in their head. I'm going to go buy that. I'm going to go invest in this. I'm going to go out and do Pastor said reach. But no, you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. That's what really makes it work. But anyway, to cultivate the presence of God, to have more of His manifested presence. See, you could just minister to Him, and the more you'll just love on Him and talk to Him, you're standing in line, you might as well use that time for something. Amen. You stopped at a stoplight, you might as well use that time for something. Instead of, how about this, instead of, uh, you know, worrying all the time, while you're standing in line worrying, while you're driving down the road, worrying. Or in your head trying to figure stuff out. How you can solve every problem. See, see, the way you're going to do it is stop that. Turn away from that. And turn your heart toward the one. Be aware God is with you. You know, for one thing, if you lived every minute of tomorrow aware that God is in you, you would sin less. Yeah. You might not click on that. You might not watch that. You might not do that. You might not say that. If you were conscious that I have a holy God living on the inside. He is here. He is come. See, you know, when you come to church, a lot of people, they, they, they clean up their talk. They clean up their act because they know Christians or they know pastors around. And then I hear through the grapevine how some people act in the church when I'm back here. Oh, come on, don't be like that. But see, if we were aware, right? I mean, how would you, how would you act? How would you be if I just followed you around every day? How would you act at the mechanic shop? How would you act when someone was ugly to you? How would you act? Well, how would you act if Jesus was there while you're on this conversation? He's just right there listening. You know, or if he's standing over your computer. Or as you're flipping through the guide for what you're going to watch on TV. Or how you're going to spend your time. Be kind of weird, you know, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the King of kings and Lord, he's standing right there and you never have any time to talk to him, say hi. See here, you want more of God's manifested presence in your life. Be aware of him. Be conscious of his, in, don't let yourself forget it. Be aware of him and his surrounding all-encompassing, indwelling presence all the time. And just talk to Him all the time. 
Amen. Let me read you this passage in Colossians 3, 1 through 5. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, that's you and me, seek those things which are above. Right? Worry is not a thing that's above. It's not heavenly. See, if it's not heavenly, you're not supposed to be seeking it. Seek those things which are above. Well, that doesn't include gossip. It doesn't include worry. It doesn't include fear. It doesn't include anything ungodly or sinful. It's got if heavenly, right? Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. I like this. Set your mind on things above. Most other translations would say, set your affection on things above. Now the word set there in the Greek means to keep on giving serious consideration to. You want to speed up your healing? Think about healing all day long. Don't think about what the doctor said. Don't think about that pain in your body. Don't think about, right? Make yourself think about, Jesus bore my sickness and carried... Think about that. Let your affection go there. Let your attention go... Father, I just... Man, I'm just so grateful. That's what your word says. Wow. He himself took my infirmity, bare my sicknesses. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, Father. You told me to in Psalm 103. Don't forget your benefits. I'm thinking about it. I'm pushing down the guard through Sam's, but I'm thinking about it, Father. I'm so thankful that you've forgiven all my iniquities. You've healed all my diseases. I'm so good to be healed. I just want to love on you, Father, and thank you that I'm well. All the while, your body's hurt. I just so thank you that I'm well. See, set your affection on things above. Father, I just so thank you. You're such a faithful provider. My God is awesome. You are my provider. Instead of thinking about that stack of unpaid bills, don't do that. Don't set your affection on that. Don't let your mind dwell on that. Let your mind dwell on the provider and His promises. Amen. I'm telling you what, you'll be more joyful. You'll be more peaceful. You'll have the right perspective. You'll be more fun to be around. But see, as you do that, His Word is His presence. His Spirit is His presence. Before long, you can get so saturated with Him. He's not just with you theologically. He is manifest with you. And people are going to go, hmm, there's something about you. Amen. You get to where you're like Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth sits down on a train just minding his own business. People falling under the power of God. One person scooted up to him on his knees and says, Sir, you convict me of my sin. They didn't know who he was. There was a power on him. There was a presence of God about him because Wigglesworth was consumed with his walk with Jesus all the time. Wigglesworth said, I never pray longer than 15 minutes, but I never go 15 minutes without praying. See what I mean? Set your affection on things above. So that word set means keep your mind on let your mind keep giving serious consideration to, let your mind dwell on or keep thinking on. Amen. I like that. So one of the things that I try to do, again, very, not perfect, not near perfect, but one of the things I try to do is I like to, I try to keep my heart turned towards God all the time. I don't just go, God, oh yeah, God. Where's He at? I need Him. No, no, right? I got to go talk to him about a sermon. No, I mean, I do that, but I keep my heart, try to keep my heart turned towards God all the time. Amen. So if you do that, you will find yourself, you won't stumble as much. But see, if you let your affection go towards lust, daily activities, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, different things like that, well, you know, your, your life goes where your affections go. That's, your life is heading towards where your affection and your attention is. You with me? Amen. So you want more of God? So that's why the Bible says in Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit, and what? You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He didn't say you might not. He said you won't. So see, if you live your life occupied, walk in the Spirit means Occupy yourself with spiritual things. Well, I don't know anybody that watches porn while they pray in tongues at the same time. I mean, you just don't do that. You just don't do that, right? No, right? So if you'll just give you... 
And I love something Pastor Nancy said in that book. She said this. She said, quit battling to overcome what's wrong in you. Stop fighting against that. Instead, turn all that you are towards God. Be consumed with God. Let your, be consumed with your relationship with God. And all of the things that have tried to hold you captive will simply slip away. Stop trying to not smoke. But if you're living in the glory and your God is consuming all your thoughts, you're not going to go, hold on, Father. I love you. I love you. I'm wearing Hold on a minute. You'll, you won't do it, right? That, that stuff will fall off of you. Cussing will fall off of you. Wrong things will fall off of you. Stop, right? You've been battling stuff for years, right? Stop that. Just turn your back on all that and set your affection on God. Worship God. Minister to God. <laughs> That'll set you free right there. Pastor said to tr stop trying. Amen. Yeah, I did, but I said do something else, right? Don't forget that. See, this is how you live this way. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. The Bible says God keeps him in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him. Amen. Your faith. If you just got your gaze fixed on the Lord, you're going to have a strong, vibrant, unwavering faith because you're beholding him all the time. Amen. So here's another one. Uh, praise God. Uh, I've been practicing this a lot uh, this week. Uh, don't live rushed, live rested. Don't live your life rushed. Live your life rested. Now, I don't mean that you can't have a full life and a demanding schedule. But in you, see this, if I don't watch myself, I'm churning. God, I've got to get, to, okay, I got the dishes done now. I got to get the laundry done. I got to get the trash. And you know, over here now, I got to pray and I got to get, I'm going from here. And Amber can tell you. Just got to, that, that kind of mode, that's not conducive. The Lord doesn't flow real good in that. Remember what we talked about last week? Come unto me, all ye who are uh, overburdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When God told Moses to go, Moses goes, no, I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. And God goes, okay, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So see, God's flow is peace. Practice, you know, I, so I would walk around and I would just make myself slow down. I'm resting. And so I've been saying to myself out loud, I'm resting, I'm not rushing. I'm doing things, I'm going from here, going there, but I'm resting. I'm not rushing. And while I'm doing that, I'm, I'm fellowshipping with the Father. Are you with me? The, well, again, to quote Pastor Nancy, a hectic life is a great enemy to your spiritual life. Because it steals your time away from fellowship with God. A stilled body, however, doesn't mean that the mind is peaceful. You could make yourself sit in a chair, but your mind is just... You've got to calm both of those. Racing thoughts and constant mental planning and preparation leave no room for God's influence. He has no room to get in. Because your mind is constantly plotting and planning and what's next and my to-do list. And you're not giving God any room to speak to it, to impart a thought or wisdom. You know, like, son, you know, if you do this tomorrow, you can do three of these things instead of going to the south side twice. And that's a good thought, Father. Thank you. I think I will. Instead of running all over creation. Amen? Said, oh, by the way, that just bought you an extra 30 minutes. I'd like to have it. You know, right? So she goes on and says, a full life doesn't mean that it has to be hectic. With a pace that leaves no room for time and awareness of God. The hearts of many believers are too cluttered with life's events to allow much of God to enter in. Mm -mm -mm. But it is when... Uh, 
It is when water stands still and ripples cease to flow that clarity runs deepest. You can see the most clearly on the pond when the waters are still. Amen? It is when the mind and the body are hushed that the unseen becomes visible. Your answer, your direction, what should you do? A hustle-bustle lifestyle will cost you much in the end. Because it will make its most damaging draw on the heart. That's on page 22 of her book. Mm -mm, That's good. All right? So another thing, talking about things that you can do, be mindful of to cultivate, practice the presence of God in your life. Number uh, three is constantly confess the Word of God. Scriptures like, greater is He that is in me. Constantly confess scriptures that affirm He's with you and in you all the time. Amen. Jesus did. My Father is always with me. He'll he'll make these confessions. You should constantly affirm who you are in Christ with your mouth. Right? And that He is in you. Greater is He that's in me than that boss that's flying off at the handle right now. Amen. Greater is He that's in me than whatever else is going on, that whatever the devil's trying to do. See, it's pointing you to His presence. There's another scripture in 1 John 2, 20 and uh, 2, 27. So you have an unction from the Holy One. Where is that unction? Bides in you, and you know all things. So you just affirm scriptures like that. I have an unction. I have the Holy One living on the inside of me, and He teaches me all things I need to know. Therefore, I can't say and I won't say, what am I going to do? I'm looking and I'm listening. And he will surely lead me and guide me. You need to be affirming these things constantly. It will help you cultivate the presence of God in your life. Yeah. Amen. Next, don't be fake or false in your fellowship. You will hinder your fellowship with God if you try to put on airs. You try to act like you know more than you do. Or to put on spiritual, you know, tones and get religious. Or here's big things. Trying to not letting God deal with issues in your life. You shut Him out. You have a hurt. You have an issue. You got unforgiveness. You're bitter. You're in strife. You got an area of your life He's dealt with you about and you're just disobedient. But you won't, la 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 la, that kind of thing. See, you're being fake. You're being phony. You you want to have part of God, the part you like. No, you have to be all in with God. You have to be open with God. You have to be honest with yourself with God. And He's not moved by all your junk. He's not moved by all your junk. He's already seen you all fixed up. He's already seen the end product. He knows the end from the beginning. And if you'll just stay on the potter's wheel with Father... You're going to end up like a beautiful vase. You might look like a really ugly lump of clay with all kinds of impurities right now. But if you'll just stay there with the Father, when you get to the end, you're going to look just like He wants you to. And the great thing about God is is that He deals with you now as if you're at the end. See, I've just learned because I've made a lot of mistakes that that God, if you just don't quit on Him, He won't quit on you. But just don't try to hide anything. You're struggling about, with something? Talk to Him about it. If you're mad about something, talk to Him about that. I just talk to God like I talk to you. Told coveted. That guy just ticked me off. We said, well, you better, you better get over it. You know, and I just have this back and forth with the Lord. And then I'll, I won't like that. You know, I'm not ready to get over it. And then my wife will come along and go, you better get over it. Now I got their ganging up on me now. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But I'm just talking about a real relationship. So you can't be fake. And you can't be phony. You can't be a pretender. You've got to be real. Amen. And then lastly, and I know that there are many other things that would contribute to a, a life that is just saturated with the manifest presence of God. But the last one I want to leave you with tonight is that you need to be at work ridding your heart of impurities. The Bible says, blessed 
uh, is the pure in heart. Matthew 5, 8, blessed is the pure in heart. Now notice, what are they blessed with? They shall see God. Where's God? I can't see God. Where's God? Well, maybe you've got too many impurities in your heart. If you'll work on being a man of pure heart, a woman of a pure heart, amen, you'll see God. The Bible says without holiness, no man will see the Lord. No man will see the Lord without holiness. So yeah, you've got to be real, but you have to be real and really working at ridding your life of contaminating influences that taint Anything ungodly, anything unpleasing to the Lord, you have to be willing to cut that out of your life. Amen? See, you've got to show God He means more to you than anything and anyone. God means more, more to me than anyone. I mean anybody. I mean, I'll fight you to the death for my wife and my kids, but even God means more to me than David. And it needs to be that way. Amen? And so, you know, God is a holy God and He requires a holy vessel. You've got to put new wine into new wineskins. And I know the new birth makes us a new wineskin. I know that. Don't send me that email. Amen. But if there's, it's one thing to have God's you know, really living in there, but it's another thing where he's moving and manifesting and he, his voice is being heard and you are being led by him and you're enjoying intimacy with the Father. And that's what he wants you to have. That's why he made you. That's why he made me. God didn't make me so I could be a pastor. He made me so he and I could have fellowship. Amen. That's why He made you. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, just very quickly, we, we raise our hands and we reverence you, sir, and we love you so much. And Lord, you long to be so much more manifest in our lives than...